Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I am Sean, joined as always by my brother, Ian. Ian, listen to that. Episode six, we have music. It is great to be back. Uh, had a little holiday time around Canada Day, uh, but feeling good, ready to go. And I love that new intro music. Let's get it going. Gets everyone excited. Uh, you mentioned Canada Day. It was Canada Day over the weekend, also Independence Day. So I hope everyone had some great holidays. You know, it, it got us thinking, Ian, what is your favorite Canadian sports moment? Well, I think there's a lot of people that are going to know my answer. Um, I just want to throw out, I mean, there's been some amazing moments in my life. Uh, I'll never forget where I was uh, when Team Canada won the 2002 um, gold medal for uh, men's hockey in Salt Lake City. I'll never forget where I was for that. Uh, but the best Canadian sports memory of my lifetime, and it will remain that way, is last year when the Raptors lifted the Larry OB. I will never get over it. I will never not smile when I watch that. And I'm sorry, that's just the right answer. So we, we talk about, <laughs> yeah, of course it was. We've talked about the Raptors a lot. We've talked about the Blue Jays. Um, so you actually took mine. So I know a lot of people's is the golden goal. Iggy, Iggy, Crosby scoring in overtime against USA Epic. in Vancouver. Incredible. You know, a lot of people have some Olympic moments. Vancouver in, or uh, I can't even remember the, the moguls guy who won the first medal in, in Vancouver. But there's a lot of great moments. To me, it was 2002. On the edge of my seat the entire time. We hadn't won in forever. Wayno is, is heading up the team, brings Lemieux in because he needed that presence. Mm. You know, there was a big debate in this country. Should Lemieux even be on the team? Sackick is unstoppable. Oh, so good. And just the dummy play between Lemieux's legs. Ah, never forget it. Korea squaws. Incredible. Mike Richter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they go down one nothing with Amante scoring. And, uh, you know, watching those highlights, it was, mm-hmm. it was incredible. So that's mine if we're not talking about team sports. But you know what, guys? Happy Canada Day. Love this fucking country. And uh, that's my top Canadian sports moment. So uh, while we're on the topic of anniversaries, um, because right now we don't have a lot of actual sports that are, that are happening live that we can talk about, uh, one big anniversary came up, uh, coming up actually tomorrow, July 8th, is LeBron James' decision in 2010 to join the Miami Heat. Now, uh, to me, I wanted to talk about this. I made Sean put it in the rundown because to me, this is something that continues to affect us. We continue to see the, um, the ripple effects of a decision like this. And uh, it's one of those moments where you just never forget where you were. And I think you know, that's really important when you, when you talk about the sports landscape where, and I think it really was a pivotal moment for the NBA, where the NBA, NBA became this big player movement, exciting offseason type league. And this was the, this was the catalyst of that. And I'll always remember where I was for it. And this was a big pivotal moment for what turned out to be a very successful 10 years for the NBA. I just remember how shocked I was. It was one of those things that, you know, we know in hindsight, we've read it all. We've seen it all. We know that if he, if he had a do over, he would, he would, he wouldn't do it that way. But, you know, all the reporting going into it was he's going to Miami. You know, Bosch and Wade committed the day before with Mike Wilbon on SportsCenter. And, you know, that was a five-minute video. And, and did you go back and rewatch that? 
Uh, I didn't. Um, I did go back and watch the actual decision I did part. Um, yeah. It was a little cringy. But at the end of the day, look, I mean, here, here my main takeaway, honestly, it, at the time, yes, I was upset. I wanted LeBron to stay in Cleveland. But then when you look back at it 10 years from now, 11 years, you know, you, you look back at all that and the teams were so bad that I, I really can't blame him for all that. And yeah, when you're in your mid-20s and you're turning into the most successful athlete that maybe we'll ever see um, in terms of things off the court, I, yeah, I want to go live in Miami with my two best friends for four years. Like, that sounds awesome. Well, all credit to Chris Bosh and, and again, uh, personal favorite of ours, but definitely not one of LeBron's best friends. But let's, uh, let me get to my, my previous point here quickly. I was sh- so shocked because I'm sitting there. This guy's doing an hour special. And in my head, it's like, you're doing an hour special? There's a 0% chance you're going to do an hour special just to, sh- just to shit on Cleveland and leave. That was my opinion going into it. As from a basketball situation, there is no question that going to Miami was the right call. You look at it now, if you just take the decision out of it, which is what he did when he returned to Cleveland four years later, is that when you do it the right way and it's for the right reason and people will understand people in Cleveland are always going to be pissed. When you left Miami, people in Miami were pissed anyways. Your fans, that's, that's your job is to be emotional and unreasonable. That's the whole point. It's called fanatic, not reason, not, not rationalist. You know, it's like, that's the whole point of being a fan. It was, it was just one of those, those moments in history where it's like, you know, and I going into it, I, now I know it wasn't actually his idea. I always thought it was, you know, he's, he's showing up unprepared. He just wants to get this over with. It's just one of those, one of those moments that when you look back now in the power and the power player empowerment era, it makes total sense. Go to the best situation. Any of us would go to the best work situation in the best setting with the best people for a good amount of money in any work environment. That's 109 million. Yeah. 109 million in no state tax. And I get it. Like you, you loyalty, there's a lot of people that talk about that. The way he did it was wrong. His decision, ironically, was right. He ended up making it right when so, he came all the way back around. So, okay. So, that's all fine, well, and good. I think, to me, there, there are a couple of things that are important. The first off, when you go back and watch it, um, and then I'll jump into sort of the reason I wanted to talk about it in the first place. When you go back and watch it, it's so weird because LeBron is so, so sort weird. of swagless it's in so this interview. Weird. Yeah, um, Like it actually kind of rattles me. LeBron has a great fashion sense. Why is he wearing a shirt that you'd wear to a job interview at J. Crew? I, I'm, I'm confused. I don't understand why he's wearing this purple check button up. I don't know. The whole thing, it just felt off. The, the main thing for me was it's, it's a moment where we can think about what could have been. Because if you go and you pop on ESPN right now, you can read a piece by Brian Windhorst, who's one of their senior columnists. Guy's unbelievable. And he was actually all over this decision 10 years ago um, and was pretty much live breaking it. Um, Definitely go check it out. But it talks about what could have been and sort of how the dominoes fell. So the Knicks, Nets, uh, Bulls, Cavs, and he all – got sit-downs with LeBron. Obviously, some went better than others. The Knicks and Nets were basically non-factors. Um, and oddly enough, the Knicks were well, sort of favorites going into they, this. Yeah, exactly. They were, right. they were a factor right. until they right. completely screwed it up. Right, and that's the Dolan story. Yeah, it's the um, Knicks. So I think to me is what could have been. 
And that is my main sort of focus with this because there was a real player during this free agency and it was Chicago. Um, they had just hit the lottery and won Derek Rose um, a couple years earlier and he was great out of the gate. So they know they have a star. Um, basically how it worked, how the story goes. And I'd, again, I'm going to go through this very briefly. I want to encourage you all to go read the whole story. Um, basically what happens is Bosch commits to Chicago. They felt like they had it. Wade gets a meeting with Chicago because they have, they have space for two max slots and they give Wade about the 40% pitch because they feel like if they give Wade the whole pitch and now Wade is from Chicago, if they give him the whole pitch, they feel like they're going to take his strategy, take it to right the back heat, to use it against them. Yep. Correct. So Wade then asks for a second meeting. So Chicago, cause Chicago starting to feel like, can we get both? So Wade takes the meeting and he gets the full pitch this time. So Wade goes to Chicago and says, Hey, can you get all three of us? So Chicago starts to look into it and I'm going to get back to what makes this amazing at the end. But Wade basically says, Hey, let's see if we can get three. So Chicago looks into it, but they can't, there's a couple problems. Number one, they can't get off the Luol Deng contract and Deng's contract is okay. I think it was around 12 million. Uh, hadn't made an all-star team yet, but is a productive player. Um, I'm not sure I wasn't in the room. I'm not sure how hard they looked at, at, at dumping him. Um, but I'm sure if Bosch would have fully committed, then they could have dumped Dang in a sign and trade with the Raptors. Um, the second problem is that Joakim Noah is doing their recruiting. And if you know anything about the Joakim Noah LeBron situation, hate each other. Um, hate each other. And Noah used some choice words towards LeBron um, around he called, that He time. called him a bitch. The same thing that Draymond called him. Correct. In, in, in the playoffs. In and the LeBron, and according to Winhorse, that's one thing that, that LeBron really doesn't like. So um, basically, they had it all mapped out. Dump Dang and you know, maybe you got to dump Taj Gibson or something, you know, Kirk Heinrich, those kind of guys. And we're right there. So if, and I think if they commit to dumping Dang and Rose is doing their recruiting, we're talking about a completely different situation where the Heatles actually end up in Chicago. So we're talking about potentially a lineup. And this is not something that's like, oh, well, if your team didn't pass on this guy or didn't pass on that guy, this is something that was actually a real possibility. You, we could have seen a lineup of Rose, Wade, Braun, Bosch, and Noah with potentially guys like Taj Gibson, Kirk Heinrich, whoever they could have kept coming off the bench. And by the way, they had just hired Tom Thibodeau. We're, I think with that, we are talking multiple titles, and that is a team that's much better than the team that was put together in Miami. Well, you just... Of course, it, it doesn't happen. Rose wins the MVP the next year, gets hurt shortly thereafter, and, and the window closes. The main thing, and then I'll let you go, is that we need to understand, is that when, when the entire league, with the exception of the Knicks, was thinking, hey, let's get, see if we can get two stars. Pat Riley and the Miami Heat organization were thinking big and went to go get three. And it took a lot of planning, dumping Michael Beasley, dumping all these other guys to get off contracts, but they did it. And if there's any lesson in all of that, is that Pat Riley is a badass. So you just did five minutes on a quick topic that we have a full podcast coming up about next week. So take that as what it is. My only point about this, LeBron is revered. I'm a big fan of his. I hated him growing up. Piston fan, 
Raptor fan, the whole thing, guy killed us, hated it. What he did, the decision, made him look like an asshole, made him look like an idiot, made him look like a loser. And, and he fixed his image. And every piece of evidence says that when he was the villain, he hated it. And he needed to repair it. And to repair it, he had to go home and win. And that's what he did. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. It should have been done differently. But he came off looking like an asshole. So on to the next quick hitter, Ian. The Washington Football Club, let's call them that for now, is now decided that they are going to put a formal inquiry or a formal review on the team's name. Do you think that this is a good idea? I think that's a self-proclaimed answer. Self-proclaimed question. And what would you name them? Well, this should have happened decades ago. It's embarrassing that it's taken that long. Um, I feel bad for Washington football fans because they've had to deal with, and that, you know what? And that to me is the biggest, we, we, you talk about what hurts sports organizations. There is nothing that hurts a sports franchise worse than a terrible owner. And Dan Snyder is a horrid, horrid, awful. He's so, so and he should have been, this should have been something that was forced upon him long ago. And now since, you know, FedEx and, you know, uh, part owners are now trying to pull out. He finally decides, okay, maybe it's something we want to do, which I think is amazing because he's sworn he'd never do it. To me, I'm with Dwayne Haskins on this one. I, I like the Red Tails. Um, yep. There's a, a couple guys online that designed some uniforms that, with Chase Young on them that look sick. Um, but at this point, you could call them the Washington Dumpster Fires, and it is an upgrade over what the team was formerly called, and I refuse to call them that. At, at least human beings aren't be, <laughs> are not being offended by dumpster fires, just, just dumpsters. So I was, I'm with you. I think Red Tails is the answer. Um, you know, the, the first African-American uh, fighter, fighter pilots, and I believe it was World War II, talk about a time to do something for, for, for the community and something that shows unity and, and shows that you actually understand what the hell's going on right now. Perfect. And literally the exact opposite of what you're doing. My answer, we put this out to, uh, through our Instagram page. My answer was the Sentinels. You know, I, I don't I, mind that. I would just love, do you know what it's from? To, to, to me though, if there's any owner that's going to screw this up, you're talking about Dan Snyder, Jim Dolan, like that group. So don't put it past Snyder to completely screw this up. Do you know what the Sentinels is from? No. Oh, uh, yeah, it's from uh, James the fucking Falco. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Let's yes, go. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. you. Let's I don't do mind it. it though. Let's do it. Do not put it past Snyder though, guys. We'll see what happens. the The last thing before we jump to our main topic is Patrick Mahomes, the undisputed best player in the league. Got a an insane ten year, five hundred and three million dollar contract extension from the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, slam dunk, home run, whatever you want to call it. This guy has the potential to be the greatest player to ever lace up football cleats. Sean, what do you think? Four hundred four hundred and seventy seven million guaranteed. Correct. Yes, but it's tied to the cap, so that figure should rise. I, th I think it's a slam dunk. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any other way to talk about this. You know, you want to lock in talent like this for as long as you possibly can. And if you're Pat Mahomes, get the bag, baby. 
get the bag. And now, one note, one note I will say, and then I'll let you go. One note I will say is that quarterbacks have been in one way wildly overpaid, but wildly underpaid at the same time. The absolute cream of the crop, the, you know, typically the Brady Breeze, you know, now the new age, the Mahomes, the Deshaun Watsons, the Lamar Jacksons, the Russell Wilsons, Aaron Rodgers, all of these guys are historically underpaid. These guys are at least, if you have one of these guys, they are at least worth a quarter of your cap, if not more. They, for, then what happened is you have fringe guys, Jimmy G, Stafford, Matt Ryan, those guys that get the big paychecks that aren't necessarily worth it. But this is good for the game because it's showing the peak value of someone like Mahomes, who's the undisputed best player. I'm going to put this out on our social media page. But there is a, there's a tweet because he's at roughly 45 million a year, right? And there's a team that they basically built that gets you what 45 million would get you. You can get an entire fucking team right now. Now that is obviously based on rookie scale, but you're talking guys like Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb, Juju, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, George Kittle, a personal favorite of yours, Darius Leonard on the back end. Joey Bolsa, TJ Watt. I'm going to put it out there, but it's just like, it's an absurd amount of money. But when we come back to it, value in sports has always been a hot topic. And I remember personally, I think it was grade seven or grade eight. And it was one of those, one of those English paper topics of, you know, talk about why athletes make so much money and what their standing is. And I felt the, the right thing to do was obviously say, well, you know, frontline workers and teachers and I'm trying to get an A, you know, give a little juice to the teachers on that. Frontline workers, teachers, doctors, they're making a real change. They're doing this, this, and this. They should be making this money. And when you look at it now, 25, you know, 20 to 25 years later, you understand the business component of this. You have owners making billions of dollars from their personal lives and owning an asset that is billions of dollars. That is always, always predicated on how good the team is, the assets that they have on that team and what they have built from a fan base that enjoys watching that team. And that comes from the players. Now, you're going to get arguments on the other side. And I know that you've seen it as a massive basketball fan. You've seen this already in basketball where it's just like, it doesn't matter if you're the, the Clippers went for how much? Two billion? Five billion? What was it? Mm -hmm. Two. Right. So they were a nothing franchise but they're worth what someone wants to pay them. And it's because the athletes make it that way. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute stud. The best quarterback in the NFL right now. And you lock that guy up and God, does Andy Reid look good with this? Two things before we, we jump to the next one. Number one, you could pick any three of those guys that you listed before that you can get for 45 million. Pick any three, I don't care. I'm not trading Pat Mahomes for any combination of three of them. That's number one. Yep. Number two, maybe even four of them. Number two is that the, 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 Mahomes thing is, the Mahomes thing is sort of, it encapsulates where everything is going. And where everything is going is, you need to look after these. He's 24. When you get a guy like this, trust me, if Cleveland had the opportunity to pay LeBron James a 10-year, $500 million contract when he was 24, they sure would have. Yep. Trust me, they would have done it. This, I think, is good because it gives that fan base and that team, yes, his cap number's high, but we're not talking about Jared Goff. 
lock it up, and let's go win some Super Bowls. I'm happy for Chiefs fans. And you know what? The other thing, too, is in the NFL, traditionally, it's always been, what have you done for me lately? I can cut you tomorrow. Absolute, like, I hate to it's use cutthroat. It's, it's cutthroat. I, I, you know what, Ian? Better, better word than what I was going to use. But good for this man who earned it, who has his entire future ahead of, ahead of him, to get that guaranteed dollar. Was drafted because, as a backup. Because uh, you can uh, always do it. All this stuff that you see, Ian, all this stuff, you see all these massive numbers come out for NFL players. Then the guaranteed numbers, 40% of the contract. And you sit there and you go, yeah, you're cutting two years. Yeah, we'll see you in 12th. Happy for him. So we got a main topic, Ian. We do. What are we doing? We do. So um, we, you know, a couple podcasts back, Sean and I drafted our all-time NBA basketball rosters, our dream teams. So we were sitting and chatting and talking about content because you know what? Right now, look, content, you got to get creative. So we haven't felt like folks have done this before. And if we have our apologies, we missed it. Um, we wanted to do the same concept with the NHL. We know, you know, being two Canadian guys, that there is a, there's a genuine thirst for NHL, uh, NHL-related content and to bicker. And this is an opportunity for us to bicker back and forth, which you and I both very, very much enjoy. So That's what we're here for, buddy. So what we're going to do is we are going to draft, each of us are going to draft two lines. We're going to have a left-wing center, right-wing defense, defense goalie, and we're going to do that twice. And what we'll do is we'll put the final rosters up on our Instagram page, and you guys can vote as to who you thought did best, which is going to be me. One last thing I will say before you jump in, since you got the number one pick in the NBA draft and took Michael Jordan, I am rewarding myself with the number one pick in this draft. A few rules. And coming from the resident rules of the family, a few rules. We're only doing the past 30 years. So 1990 and beyond. Our apologies to Gordy Howe. And you can draft guys like Wayno. I'm sure, I assume, he's going to get drafted. But you don't get any 80s Wayne. It's 90, it's 90-91 Wayne and beyond. So that is what you have to consider. Ian. With the first overall pick in the all-time NHL draft, you are going with... Well, here's the thing. You know, I, I, think it's, I think it's funny and interesting to do it this way because, you know, with someone like, someone like Gretzky, um, you take away sort of his peakness. And um, to quickly jump in on Wayne immediately, listen to this in an eight-year stretch... Okay, when he was he was 19 when this eight-year stretch started. His point totals: 137, 164, 212, 196, 205, 208, 215, 183, and seven straight Hart trophies. That person, that person, could have retired after the fifth year and just been like, "I'm good," and <laughs> no one would have had a problem with just it. Gail Sayers. Um, so that's tough because to be completely honest with you, I had forgotten that we had discussed that this was going to be something that didn't include their 80s tenure. Oh, this so is interesting. My, so my draft pick number one was obviously Wayne. I mean, shit, the guy scored 51 goals at 19. So I am going to switch gears and my number one pick 
is going to be defenseman Nicholas Richardson. Oh! So, to me, a couple things about Nick Lindstrom, okay? Four-time Stanley Cup winner, seven-time Norris Trophy winner. When yep. you when we talk about all the other defensemen from this era, we talk about all these guys, the reason they only have like one Norris, maybe no Norris, is because Nick won them all. He took from all of them. So I love Nick Lindstrom. To me, of all the players I ever watched in my whole life, Nick Lindstrom was the greatest player I ever watched. Over 1,100 points, 1,500-plus games, great playoff performer too. And in, in, his four, in his four cups, his four cup wins, those playoffs had 8, 19, 16, and 13 points from a defenseman, which is damn good, damn good. And the, and the best part about Lindstrom – he was all he was everywhere. And we're talking about a guy in all of his playoff games, he was a plus 61. Wow. So wow. So I knew you wanted him. He was number two on my board because of where you wanted to go. And I'm not saying that the, my my first overall draft choice for the all-time NHL draft is the best player since 1990. But left wing's a little shallow, Bello. Left wing's very shallow. So I'm going to take Alexander Ovechkin. You dick. I'm going to take his three hearts, nine rockets, and never scored less than 30 goals in an entire season. Never. He's sick. And by the way, one of those years was the lockout shortened season. Still never less than 30. Never less than 30. I'm taking an absolute animal, not just... Not just when it, on the ice. If you see that man win a Stanley Cup, that man is an animal off the ice. But let's get back to the on the ice. He plays so hard. He, got, he really got criticized early on in his career for just being a scorer. He is so much more than that. I, I know he's developed more into that. When he hits you, you feel it through the television. And when he takes that slap shot on that power play, you know this is over. And he fucking kills the Leafs all the time. Kills the Leafs. So I am taking Alexander Ovechkin with my first pick in the NHL all-time draft. So um, I had no disagreement here. To me, for my money, Alex Ovechkin is the greatest winger to ever live. Period. End of story. Um, and I think we are talking about a guy that if all remains okay, he's got is a, a guy who can very well catch Wayne at 894. He's got so, a shot. The, the one other note I had on Ovechkin is that he got, the, he got the rap that he was a choker in the playoffs, which just isn't true. It just isn't true. It's okay if you lose to Sidney Crosby every once in a while. It happens, okay? We're, we're, we are talking about a guy. We're, we're talking about a guy who, for his career in the playoffs, in the, in, first of all, 2018, he had 27 points in 24 games when they won the Cup. The choker thing just never really worked for me. He had 126 points in 128 playoff games. Sorry, that's not a choker. I, I don't like that for hockey. Basketball is one thing. Ball's in your hand all the time. I don't like that for hockey. You know, you can kind of point that towards, towards goalies. And I understand that a little bit. You know, we've seen that a bit in Toronto with Freddie Anderson. I'm sure there's going to be a few, few players drafted that actually are in net because we have, we have to have two each. I don't think Freddie's going to be one of them, but... I don't think that's fair for a left winger. And yes, his teams choked. Ovi didn't choke. Who's your second pick? My second pick is I am going to make sure 
that oh, God. I'm going to make sure that I'm never going to have a, never going to have a problem getting the puck out of my own zone. I am going with Raymond Bork as oh, the second defenseman God off the board. Okay. So quick, quick note on Ray Bork. Obviously this includes his career before. No, but it, uh, in the nineties, he was still an absolute animal. He was still an animal in the nineties. Three Norris trophies in the nineties. We're talking about a guy who I don't count the all-star thing for the NHL, okay? It doesn't count towards my Hall of Fame credentials. I understand this doesn't matter. I'm prefacing that. He was an all-star 19 times. 19! 19. That's quick, absurd. Quick side, quick side note. Were you not shocked in doing all this research? And by the way, this was so much work. Like, mm-hmm. we listened to a lot of sports talk radio. We listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of stuff. But a lot of the, of the content, especially since we've come into maturity, has been based around basketball. We haven't gotten a lot about the history of hockey and things like that. So a lot of this, there wasn't, it's not like we're flooded with articles here, even being in Toronto. So this was difficult. Were you not shocked by how little some of these guys were actually in the All-Star game? I know that it was different. It was World versus yeah, I think North America. Like a one-time All-Star. It's like, I, that it's doesn't like, make any sense. It, it's, this stuff didn't make sense. Anyways, I apologize. So, Jump back to Ray Bork. So, so, so back to Bork. Um, Obviously, Bork was sort of held back by those Boston teams um, in the early 80s and 90s. Yeah, um, they, they, they weren't great, um, but he was just unbelievable. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was almost a point per game for his career. As a defenseman, that's absurd. Absurd. And by the way, when he was 40 and, and won that Stanley Cup with Colorado, which to me, still one of the greatest moments in hockey history, um, this is not like a guy who rode Joe Sackick's coattails to a cup. Okay, he was 40, had 52 points in 80 games that year, and even added 10, even added 10 points in the playoffs. This is a stud. I'm going Bork and Lindstrom. You're never getting the puck out of. I'm never having a tr- trouble getting the puck out of my zone. I'm going with Dominic Hasek. Okay, I'm taking Hasek at four. I know the Hasek Broder Wah argument. I get it. We're talking six Vesnas and two Hart trophies. This, time, this guy's all-time goals against was 2.2, and he had a 1.84 in the 90s. That's in absurd. 90s. <laughs> That's absurd. Like, this is, this is not normal. Like, in the 90s, and again, my apologies, not the entire 90s. One season in the 90s, he had a 1.84 where he played, like, 70 games. Okay, so this is, this is at a time where people are scoring 199 points. Yes, it's Wayne. Yes, it's Lemieux. Yes, I get it, but... This is the 90s. I know everyone thinks that it was all clogged and slow and all that, but point totals were up there. I was watching the four overtime highlights between Broder and Hasek, uh, Buffalo and New Jersey back in 1994. You should see the pads on these guys. It's like wearing like tube socks these days. And they went four overtimes, zero goals. Okay. So to me, Hasek, I know when I really got in my prime as a hockey as a hockey fan, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking like seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, right? Hashik was still the man during that time. He won two cups. I know one of them. He only played four games in, in the playoffs that year for Detroit in their second cup. So let's give him one. Should have won a second. Brett Hall's foot was in the crease. I'm taking the dominator to be my first goalie, and I'm guaranteeing myself one of Broder and, and Waugh. So here's one thing I want to say. This isn't a list of the greatest players that we think of all time. I no. want to pr- this is not that, okay? No. Clearly, we are avoiding centers because there's a yes, billion good centers. Billion centers. Clearly, that's the thing that's happening. So, 
With that in mind, I'm going to go with what I think is the second best winger to ever live, and that is Yarmir Yager. Good pick. And I'm going to go with him um, to be my first winger taken. Yager's absurd. And to me, two cups, uh, one MVP, five-time Art Ross, obviously no doubt stud. Played a billion, a billion years until he's 45. Um, I firmly believe that if he didn't leave the NHL for parts of six seasons, um, that we are talking about a guy for more than six seasons, seven seasons. We're talking about a guy who... The guy's still fucking playing. He's, he's catching Wayne. I'm sorry, he just is. Maybe not in assists, but he's catching him in goals. This, he's currently 128 goals behind. Even if he played four of those missed seasons, he'd need to get 32 goals a season, which he did in his career 12 freaking times. He even scored 27 goals in 79 games with the Panthers when he was 43. This is a guy who is catching Wayne. It's a wrap. Now, there's a bunch of rumors out there as to why he moved and why he went to, you know, different, you know, uh, European markets. I'm not going to get into any of that because, no. it's, frankly, it's not my business. But this is an all-time, all-time stud. Famous for his crazy, crazy workout regimes. And I know if I get this guy, I have a freaking horse 20 years. I'm going Yager. Want to talk about goals and talk about a horse? I'm going mm-hmm. Brett Hall. Ooh, okay. I want Brett Hall to be my first line right winger. See, and he was I'm, my third right winger. That's weird. He was third? Mm-hmm. You're t- you had a guy who had 86 goals in 1991 as your third right winger. A guy Correct. who was only – you're talking about a guy who has basically played 500 less games than Yamir Yager and is like 40 goals behind him. That's the guy who's third? Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's who I'm taking. I have Ovi flanking on the left and Brett Hall flanking on the right. Good luck when the one-timer comes across and he drops that knee and gets into one, okay? His foot was in the crease, okay? So his, foot, wh- his foot was in the crease. Buffalo Sabres fans, I know one of them, Punzo Bello. I, I get it. It still hurts you today. His foot was in the crease. But I'm taking Brett Hull as my first-line right winger, and I'm ecstatic because I actually had him – I had him ahead of Yager. I did because we're in I mean, it's okay. I mean, you're wrong, but it's fine. I mean, it happens. I had him ahead of Yager. Now, when it came down to it, I was probably going to pick Yager first just because that guy is an absolute machine. I know he played forever. He's got 500-point seasons. Like you said, Hart Trophy, two cups. But he was on the ice an absolute force. I know Brett is a little bit, a little more one-dimensional than Yager is, mm-hmm. but his one dimension is fantastic. Well, here's my, here's my only issue with that is that you're going to need someone that is an elite distributor to be able to get those guys the puck because Ovechkin and Hull are going to bicker back and forth. The other thing about Hull, I never loved his conditioning and I always felt like if he would have played in today's era that he would have needed to stay in peak physical condition all the time, which I'm not sure how that would have gone. Elite goal score. Okay, you can't go wrong with Brett Hull. Nope. I've had, I've had enough of this slide Okay, I understand that, you know, he didn't win seven heart trophies in the 90s. I get it. I've had enough of Wayne Gretzky sliding. I know I'm getting 90s Wayne Gretzky. I don't give a shit. It's Wayne, and I am psyched. In the 90s, in the 90s, we're talking point totals of 142, 163, 121, 
then 65 and 45 games, and then 130 the following year. He's still a stud. This is a guy who – he is one of two people in all of sports that is the undisputed GOAT. There's not even an argument. And anyone that says it's Bobby Orr or Mary Lemieux is just being a dick. I get the undisputed GOAT, later GOAT, still the GOAT. I'm taking Wayno. I'm t- then I'm going to go with someone's peak who's still in the top five all time, who is in the so, conversation. Last thing, last thing. Wayne passing to Yager, I'm good. Like, I'm good. If Wayne's uh, passing to Yager, Yager's going to have 8,000 goals. I'm just going to say this. I would have liked Wayno's passes to Hull and Ovi. Because well, they're, yeah, they're, of course. they're both better goal scorers than Yamir Yager. Okay. They are. What do you mean? They are. They just are. Where's Yager if he doesn't leave? What do you mean, where is Yager if he doesn't leave? The guy played a million games. He, he has six, it's almost 600. Uh, Carry on with your wrongness. Who are you taking? I'm taking Mario Lemieux. Okay. And I'm getting him. It's not, it's not as big. It's not a, a wide chasm of the, of the peak that you're going to get from Mario Lemieux compared to what you get with Wayno. Right? It's not like Wayne was like completely washed up and we're getting peak Lemieux. But mm-hmm. we do get Lemieux in his prime in the 90s. I agree. In the 90s, we still get two cups. One of his hearts was, was in the 90s. I have never seen a guy for his size do what he can do. Agreed. So, so skilled. I do have one so note skilled. on Lemieux. The, the thing I love about Lemieux is that, you know how we talked about when we did the basketball pod, we talked about how you take Kobe because Kobe always believed if he was in a matchup with Michael, that he was better and he would tongue wag and do all that stuff. The same stuff Mike did because he just felt that way and had that confidence. There's no doubt in my mind that to this day, Mario believes that he's a better player than Wayne Gretzky. And when they go head to head, that is something that's going to fuel him. So I love the Lemieux pick. I think it's a home run. And for that reason, I believe that drives him. And talk about, you talk about mutual respect between, between Jordan and Kobe, right? You're, we were ta- watching the last dance. Jordan's like in the 98 uh, All-Star game, just gushing about this guy. Hmm. The, the admir- admiration that uh, Gretzky had for Lemieux and you know, everything that he went through and all that stuff is just... But forget about all the stuff off, off the ice. I'm getting one of the best five players of all time on the ice whose peak in the 90s was higher than Wayno's peak. I get the assist totals for, for Wayne... Lemieux in the 90s was a better player. I'm taking Mario Lemieux to be my center with Ovi and Brett Hall. And listen, I'm taking Ovi and Brett Hall. I still get to tinker with my lines. I still get to see, do I want Hall and Ovi on the same line? But you know what I'm taking? That's what I want. I am taking that. I am interested to see where you go here because there's a few directions you can. One thing I will say is that your team is is lacking leadership in a a large, large way. uh, Lacking leadership with Mario Lemieux. You have a lot. No, no, Mario notwithstanding. Well, you have I, a lot I, of wild cards I, on I'm there. I'm not going to lie. Okay? I don't, I don't love Hasek, Hall, and Ovechkin. Don't love that. Okay. All right. Just want to throw that out there. With me, you are getting guys that were captains all over the place. So, I think, all, yeah, all four of my draft picks already were captains at one point or another. Um, which yes, I think that's is true. pretty cool. Yep. Uh, okay. So, you're basically, so, you're basically the 3 Leafs. That's what you are. So, here's, here's my question. Are we counting what side of the ice the wingers play? Yes. Okay, because then there's only one left winger other no. than Ovechkin. No, it's not true. 
Well, there's only one left, left winger we're talking about. Sure. Um, That's what you think. I'm not going to go that route. I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to wait. I thought you were going to take this Leon is, right there. That's what I thought you were going to take. Mm-mm. This is tough. Um, you know what? I am going to go. This is tough. You threw me off. You threw me off. Um, I'm going to shore up the back end, and I'm going to put him. I'm going to put Brodeur in that. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm done with him falling. Uh, to me, he's the best goalie I ever saw. We don't need to run through the stat sheet. Absolute, absolute animal. If you ever need to know if you're a great player, did they change the did they change the league for you? And the answers are resounding yes. They changed the league, got the trapezoid in there because Brodeur was too good at playing the puck. Yes, he was. Yes, Uncle he was. Daddy, baby, Uncle Daddy. Yes, he was. Um, wow. I'll tell you, I'm going to wait on left wing. So you got all the time in the world. I need to go defense. I'm rattled. I didn't get Bork. I'm not going to lie. I, I, when you took Lidstrom, I thought I had him. I was going to wait on him. He'd be my top pair. I'm going to take Chris Pronger. <laughs> Chris Pronger. Okay. Hart Trophy, 99-2000. He's got a Norris Trophy. The biggest, baddest MFer on the ice. Biggest, baddest MF on the ice. He averaged 29 minutes for his career. That is an animal. An absolute animal. And he played with my favorite defenseman of all time. Well, in my top two, Al McInnes. I'm hoping to get, uh, hoping to get one of my other ones later. But I'm going to take Chris Pronger. And Chris, I know you're not listening. But if you are, I agree with your wife. Edmonton's not for everybody. Okay, buddy? I refuse to comment because I don't want to make anyone mad. So uh, we're just going to move right on. And what I'm going to do is I'm not going to waste any time. And I'm going to get um, the greatest player of a generation. I'm going with Sidney Crosby. Okay. You know, to me, you know, there are guys, obviously, that if, if this was, you know, guys that were currently playing in the 90s rather than you have to play them when, you know, it was the 90s. Um, you know, you could argue, argue some guys like Sackick, Iserman, um, McDavid maybe even has an argument here, but I think he's just too much of a baby still. Um, Sid, you just can't go wrong. You know, I even thought Messier here, six-time champ. Um, God, that guy played forever. A lot, uh, in, Sid, a lot in the you know, 80s, though. A lot in yeah, the 80s. yeah, no, for sure, for sure. He played the entire 80s. Um, so three-time cup winner, two-time Hart, uh, two-time Richard, two-time Ross, two-time Con Smythe. Like, Crosby's in, Crosby needs no intro. The, the thing I love about Crosby is that he has just a few more points than Ovechkin, which I think he actually kind of likes. Um, I think that he likes to keep that rivalry sort of um, with him in the driver's seat. But 1,200, over 1,200 points in just shy of 1,000 games. And we're talking about a guy who, in the middle of his career, that we were really concerned about, you know, his yep. percussion in his neck. Um, and his comeback has been as good as ever. I mean, you know, an absolute cornerstone stud plays all three zones. And, and if, after 14 years, he's still balling 47 points in 41 games this year. And I get the golden goal. Yes, you do. Well, do you? I don't know. All I'm going to say is th- the one thing about Crosby that I really respect is what he overcame. You know, this guy has been followed around like LeBron. Well, the Canadian version of LeBron since he was what, 12. And was always dubbed the next Gretzky, the next Gretzky, the next Gretzky. Came into the league. He had that whiner, you know, that whiner label. Was always bitching at the refs. And, and listen, everyone went at him. When you're the prodigy, that's what they do. That's what happens. And like LeBron, I really, really respect 
how he handled everything, how he got himself to that level. And I, I love that pick. So I get to hang off on, on center. And I'll tell you, you know, when I was doing this exercise, I really wanted Forsberg because he was fantastic. Ooh. He was fantastic. Ooh. And I wish, I, God, I wish you could classify him as a winger. I'd take him right here. But I'm not going to. I'm going to take Scott Niedermeyer. I'm going to take Scott Niedermeyer. Obviously, you got four cups across the devil, with the Devils and the Ducks. Yes, he always had a great partner to play with. One of the smartest players I've ever seen on the ice. And talk about a guy that would absolutely thrive in today's NHL. 740 points in, in 1,263 games. He has a con Smythe. So when we did this research, and I started with Lidstrom, right? Lidstrom was the first D-man that I, that I, obviously that I, that I researched and went down the list. I looked at him like, holy shit, Lidstrom won a con Smythe as a defenseman. That's mm-hmm. gotta be that's gotta be unheard of, and yet I have what ten defensemen on my list, and they all have one. So I was completely mm-hmm. wrong on that. But I'm gonna take Scott Niedermeyer, and the thing the I'm gonna thing love. love I'm, yeah, go sorry, ahead. keep going. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I'm just I'm gonna take Scott Niedermeyer. He's, he's him. I know Lidstrom is a step above, but when it came to the best defenseman that I ever saw play. I, I honestly, hey, he's right there. He's right he's there. Right I don't there. think I, I, the accolades, I don't think give him enough justice. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of talk about that. I wanted to kind of talk about that. And I don't mean to go off on Niedermeyer. I love Niedermeyer. Okay. Um, 740 points um, kind of felt low. And obviously that's Agreed. a staggering number. Yeah. It kind of felt low. Um, the thing I loved about Niedermeyer was that he won at every level. Mem Cup, World Juniors, World Championship, uh, Olympics, and Cup. Like, I think that's, you know, that is unheard of. And the other thing I always, I, the, my, I have two last notes on Niedermeyer. Sort of retired young compared to a lot of these guys. I mean, we're seeing, you know, freaking Lindstrom and Chelios and a lot of these guys like play well under their 40s. And it's, you know, he retired at 36, which I sort of felt was odd. And it's not like he didn't have any juice left. He had 48 points that last year. Um, the last note I have on Niedermeyer is strictly to irritate you. That's why I wanted to, you to take him. Oh, well, yeah, uh, that he was supposed to be on the league. Choice, yeah, I know. The draft choice know. that New Jersey took him with was originally I'm aware. draft choice. So um, that is, what is that now? 29 years of ineptitude? They drafted Austin Matthews. Cool. They get a pass. Um, uh, okay. I, I, so I'm going to say one more thing about Niedermeyer. Mm-hmm. I truly believe, I know Chelios has all these accolades. I know that he is, he is well-renowned. I think that if oh, you take Keith Niedermeyer, I think that if you put Niedermeyer in Chicago and Detroit, this guy is remembered much higher on the standings when it comes to defensemen. That's why he's ahead of those guys for me. So I'm going to take well, yeah, Niedermeyer. And I, and, I, and I wonder if those point totals are trap related. I mean, I don't know. Look, I'm not a hockey coach. You'd have to ask on a, obviously our net, you know, our, our, get, next, our guest. next guest about that, but I wonder if it's trap related. Um, so it's, uh, so I'm up. So we're, I'm hanging tight on left wing at the moment. I've, there's so many right wingers. It makes me mad. There's um, you know, there's really, you know, none of the left wingers are really jumping out at me. Um, so I am going to go with, I'm going to go with, Duncan Keith. Good pick. And I'm going to go with Duncan Keith on my back end because, okay. you know, you know, people now um, sort of remember, um, 
Keith now is sort of like not quite cap fodder, but they remember him having this super long contract and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and honestly, it's, it's nonsense. I mean, Duncan Keith is maybe the best defenseman of this generation. I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on that, but for, he's been so good for so long. And that contract is, has been so good. Um, you know, but three cups, two Norrises, won the Conn Smythe. Con, won the Conn Smythe, another guy. Yeah. 610 points in over 1,100 games and still doing it. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you've seen a little bit of drop just on the sheer volume of games he's played. Um, great puck mover, great skater. Oh, my God. He's on my second line. Killer. I, listen, I love Brent Seabrook. Don't take this as a, as a knock, but you make that guy look like, a, like an all-star. Yeah, got him paid. That's right. Uh, you, t- you asked what I thought about Duncan Keith. To be honest, he was, he was seventh on my list for defensemen. You know, of this era, you know, he's definitely in the conversation to me with the with so the char- who in with, this era then with Chara, Hedman, Weber. He's in that conversation. He's in that conversation. I, I take Keith and I and listen. I, and I I had Keith ahead of them. I had Keith ahead. Keith uh, wow, Keith. I had Keith ahead of them. But it's funny we're going D men here. I thought that we were going to have a race for wingers, but it seems like you just said, you know what, you got the best left winger. You're not going to take it. So I'm going to take. The better version of Duncan Keith, and I'm going to take Brian Leach. I'm going to take Brian Leach to be my, my third defenseman. Leach is nice. He's not as good as Keith, man. Come He's on. better than Keith. Two-time Norris, Conn Smythe. In that, in that run where he run, won the title. How is he better? Keith has – what are you talking about? He's better. What are you He's talking better. about? They have I, the it, same amount of Mor- Norris's, and Keith has three cups. Yeah, great. Keith had better teams. You're talking about a guy who won the Conn Smythe when Mark Messier is guaranteeing wins. He had 34 points in 23 games. Yeah, Leach was awesome. Come to me when Duncan Keith had 102 points in a season. Come talk to me at that time. This he guy, didn't play in the 90s. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Al McKinnis was throwing up 100-point seasons too. Oh, okay, well... Brian Leach. I'm taking Brian Leach, and he is a better version of Duncan Keith. We're talking about an absolute stud, especially on the power play. That guy was a problem. And I remember when he was traded to the Leafs, I was so excited. Yeah, yeah, I had his jersey. This dude was like 38. And everyone thinks, oh, they gave up these picks for Brian Leach. It, it It was a mess. Well, what they don't remember is Brian Leach actually had an extra year left on his deal. You know what the problem was with the extra year? They had the lockout, so he didn't get to play. But they were hoping to get like he was actually really good. He was actually really he was good. Really good. Fifteen points in fifteen games for the Leafs that year, and that was the year that they. I think that was the year that Jeremy Roenick ended their ended their chances. They beat Ottawa, who was as they always did. Oh, I can tell you, Jeremy Roenick isn't getting taken today. He is definitely not getting taken, and we're uh, happy to see if he gets picked up by a broadcasting team sometime. So I'm taking the better version. The 90s version of Duncan Keith. I am taking Brian. Let's not be disrespectful. Let's call him the 90s version of Duncan Keith. Let's call, you know, let's call uh, Brian Leach the original and Duncan Keith is the remix, baby. Sure. Let's call it that way. All All right. right. Let's not be disrespectful. Um, So I'm going to fix out left wing um, because I've had enough. Um, And I'm going to go with Brendan. I'm going to go with Brendan Shanahan. Good pick. Um, Yes. I'm going to go with Brendan Shanahan. The, The thing I love about Shanahan now, we are talking about a guy with, almost 2,500 penalty minutes in 1,500 games, over 1,300 points. He's playing Ian Hockey. He's playing Ian Hockey. A baller. He is the kind of guy that 
will win any type of way. I am a huge Brendan Shanahan fan. I'm not sure how the Shanna plan is working out with the Leafs, but I know as a player, that dude was a baller. I'm going with Shanahan. And to pair with Wayne and Yager, Shanahan gives me some much, much needed grit. Shanahan. You're a little slow. A little. I just thought of that, but that's okay. I got it all figured out on the next one. Don't worry. That's fine. I like that pick. Uh, Shanahan was actually ranked as my third best left winger in that time, but I'm not going to take my second best. I already, I have a guy I have to take, so I'm going to leave him. I'll take Patrick Waugh. I'll shore up my goaltending. I'll have Hashik and Waugh. You can take your pick of Belfour and Cujo and Price and Vasilevsky or whoever you want. You get your pick of it. I'm taking Patrick Waugh, one of the best winners of all time. I know that a lot – he had some really good success when he was in Montreal. We all know that. that that's, not, that's, not, um, that's not lost on me. But when, when he went to Colorado, he was better. He was better in Colorado. 227. 227 goals against average and a 918 save percentage. And I mean, though, look, I, mean, even I don't know if the, you're expecting me to be mean to Patrick Waugh. It's just not going to happen. Maybe as a coach. But what I would say about Patrick Waugh is, you know, it's funny. We, I, we look back, we talk about moments, right? And when I was thinking about this, it, it's like I brought up before earlier in the podcast, which was difficult for me, was we have so much content when it comes to football and basketball and even to a lesser extent baseball than we do with hockey. And obviously you and I very much look south for a lot of our content, me less so because I didn't live there. But when I think about, there's some moments, I was thinking about Lidstrom. And I was like, what's the moment that I think about with Nick Lidstrom, who I, who I thought I was going to take it to after you took Wayne or Lemieux. And I, the one that came to my mind was game three in the playoffs against Vancouver rescores from the red line. It's not his most important moment, but it's just like, mm-hmm. I watched it. It was there. Yeah. And yet the moment that I think of with Wah isn't actually him doing anything when it comes to success. It's him holding up that glove and allowing the Red Wings to tap in a goal. And yet, even though I, that's the memory that I have of Patrick Waugh, I have Dominic Hasek and Patrick Waugh. And I know that you know, even though you got, in my opinion, the two best defensemen in this draft, I got two of the best three goalies. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, we're not going to have trouble scoring because we're not going to have trouble scoring because of my next selection. The, you talked to me about my problem with speed. Well, I'm going to go ahead and fix that. And I'm going to go with maybe the, my favorite player to ever that I've ever watched. And I'm going with Pavel Burry. No! To be my right winger. He's a left winger. He's a left, <laughs> Burry's a left oh, winger. Oh, is he a left winger? Left winger. Oh, Fuck. even better. God damn even it. Even better. I said the left winger I'm not going to take. That's my fucking guy. God damn it. So uh, I thought he was a right winger. Um, see, he's a left shot. Hockey DB has him at a right winger. So okay. I'm going to put him at right wing. Then I'm going to put him at right wing. wing. Okay. Um, because I do have another guy in mind as my left winger. Um, but I'm going to go with Pavel Burry. And I think Brian Burke raised a good point when he was on Tim and Sid, I believe, and talked about the comments. So these are the guys that came in and blew the roof off the league, but maybe, you know, for whatever reason, couldn't stay healthy or what have his, you. His knees and, went on him. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And yeah. honestly, Pavel Burry for – we're talking parts of six seasons was 
the most electric player in the league. All right, we're talking, we're talking about a guy in his second and third years in the league went 60 goals, 60 goals back to back. And we're also talking about a guy who carried Vancouver to the cup final. And by the way, in that, that was the, that was the Linden year when they lost the, the Rangers, right? Correct. Yeah. And injuries obviously derailed him. Um, one of the most entertaining players going, eventually made his way to Florida after Vancouver, after taking Vancouver to the cup. And by the way, he was unbelievable in that playoff run, 31 points in 24 games. You want the best, beast. Pavel, you want the best beast. Pavel Verri stat? Sure. He is fifth all time in goals per game, 0.65. Absurd. absurd. An absurd player. Absurd. An absurd player. And eventually made his way to what many, many were convinced at the time was the hockey wasteland in Florida. And even though they made a cup final um, and went for 58 and 59 goals back to back, like this dude was just a baller, right? If this dude was just a baller for me, it was between him and another guy who I don't want to say, cause I don't want you to take him cause I love him. Um, but I am going with Burray here. And if I have Sid passing to Burray, Oh my goodness. And if I shuffle lines and have Wayne passing to Burray, I'm nervous for you. Oh, all right, I'll take number sight. two. The second, I'm, sight. I'm so pissed. I'll take the, the second best left winger on my board. I'll take Luke Robitaille. Oh, yeah, Luke is a beast. Okay, his 92-93 season was stupid. Yeah, agreed. Stupid. 63 goals, 125 points. He was a playoff performer, and his – listen, I know early on he had, he had Wayne all, okay, but point per game in the playoffs – 60 668 goals 726 assists for 1294 points i get it i i I think robotize the best left winger not named ovechkin by far i agree i better skater than he got credit for hard-nosed played the right way he i i know he ring chased a bit down the stretch okay and i know he won with the wings in 02 but he actually he didn't really produce, but he did factor. It's not like this guy was just sitting on the True. sidelines and doing no, nothing. No, I agree. I agree. He did factor. So I'm going to take the, my number two left winger. I, I wanted Burray. Um, by the way, if you had told me that Burray was a right winger, I, I'm actually happy now. I like yeah, him right better. Loaded. I like him better as a left winger. Uh, I thought Leon here because I think Leon's peak is higher than, than oh, Luke Robitaille's. Leon is so good. I think his peak is higher, but it's just like – I've it's seen too it, I've early, seen, man. I've seen it it's once from early. Leon, and Luke did it for his entire for his entire career, and uh, and he was he was a real star. So I'm going to take Luke Robitaille. Uh, I I love Robitaille. I mean, to me, you know, you talk if you you're talking total career. Um, if we're talking total career, we we are talking about maybe other than Ovechkin, the best left winger maybe to ever live. So. Robitaille was an animal. Um, obviously, you know, we, it sort of tailed off at the end there. Um, it did. It did. That happens. So um, uh, I have a question for you because I want to give an honorable mention to left wing, but you haven't selected all your left wingers, have you? I have not. I have one left. And by the way, it's not, I don't believe he's going to be on your board. Okay. It, did he ever wear the jersey? That is on my hat at the moment right now, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, I don't have anyone on the Leafs. On okay, my board. so then I want to shout out Gary Roberts. I apologize. I really wanted you to be on Badass. my board. Badass, love that dude. I really wanted you to be on my board, mm-hmm. and uh, and and again, I apologize to my fa- my favorite hockey player of all time. Uh, no disagreement. Love him. 
So I am going to, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to shore up the last of my defense. And okay. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Al McKinnis. Oh, you fucking prick. And the reason I want to take Al McKinnis is for a couple of reasons. One, he's got a cup with Calgary, although that part doesn't count for us. Does not. Um, won the Norris. And I think the important part about his Norris is he won it in a loaded, loaded league. I mean, you know, we're talking about all these defensemen. I mean, there are guys that we're not even mentioning. Uh, you know, Rob Blake. Yep. Like, we are Adam Foote. We are talking, like, loaded at that position. And Scott he won Stevens. in 98-99. Scott Stevens, who I refused to take because I hated him. Um, but that dude was mean, too. So, instead of going with toughness and meanness in the traditional sense, I am going to go with a guy who, along with Shea Weber, could shoot the puck through your body. So, I think that's an important skill. The, the thing about McInnes, I know this all doesn't count, 1,274 points in 1,400 games. That is absurd from a yep. defenseman. It's crazy. Absurd. He had – talk about – look at these point seasons. He had 103 in 1990-1991. How exactly did Chris Pronger go ahead of him? I will never understand that. McInnes was a damn baller. And in the playoffs, he was even better. 160 points in 177 games. So one last note on McInnes. He had some insane statistical seasons with the – you know, other than the 103-point year, he eclipsed 65 points 10 times. Yeah. Uh, you said, why did Chris Pronger go, be- go higher than Al McInnes? Because Chris Pronger was a better defender than Al McInnes. So if I'm looking at my team right now, where you have a top line of Wayne Gretzky, Yamir Yager, and Brendan Shanahan, I'm going to want someone who's going to make life tough for them. And Pronger made life tougher for them than that. Don't disagree. Pronger was to, bad. To, to Al McInnes on this. I loved him. I remember it was, it, it's funny. I, I can't remember the year, but I was, it was in grade school for sure. And I was Just lucky so you're enough. talking Leafs practice. That's right. So I was, yeah, lucky. that was awesome. So I was, were you with me? I was. So we were, was. we were lucky enough to go to Leafs practice to watch, um, to Same watch the blues mm-hmm. in practice. And I remember watching him take slap shots and literally thinking that a cannon was going like listen we're talking what 10 probably with a wooden 11 100 with a wooden stick this that's what i thought it's like there is an actual cannon going off in here and the goalies every single time are like flinching now again i might be uh you know i, I might be making this a little bit more than it was but you're talking to you know an 8 to 11 year old that is absolutely in all of in all of this. And I remember when he put the puck through the boards, I was just like screaming like he yeah. scored like a game-winning goal at that yeah. point. But it's funny because the practice that we went to was actually the game where the Leafs were up 5-1 going into the third period and lost 6-5 to the Blues. So Yeah, I mean, that sounds that about was. right, don't you? Yeah, oh, it sounds um, about right. The one thing I will say, the last thing on McInnes and Pronger, they won the Norris Trophy on the same – they were back-to-back years. McInnes won in 98-99, Pronger won the very next year. They were both on the Blues. How that team didn't win a cup sooner, I will never I don't know, understand. but uh, Pronger won the heart, so I'll take that. So you are done at defense. I am. You are done at right wing. You are done at center. So you have left in your arsenal. You still have to pick a goalie and a left winger, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still need a center, a defenseman, 
and a right winger. I don't think so, you're going to have trouble finding a center for whatever that's worth. Oh, I, I, mine's done. So I'll take Jerome Ginla as my right winger. Mm, love a Ginla. It was between him and Bure. Yeah, I'll take a Ginla. Um, By the way, my other guy was Timu. I don't know how he didn't get taken. That dude was awesome. Oh, so Solani was actually fifth for me. I had Patty Kane just a, a notch ahead of Solani, but Oof. I'm taking a Ginla because of his all-around game. Agreed. Right? And we're talking about, you, you talked about leadership earlier on this podcast and, you know, with, with guys like, and listen, I don't think Ovi is, and again, I have some intimate knowledge of him in the dressing room. He's got some weird quirks, but I don't look at him as a bad teammate. Um, you know, obviously there's some Brett Hull stories that we're not going to bring up here, but you know, with guys like Pronger and Lemieux, Niedermeyer, Leach, Robitaille, and now at Gimla in the dressing room, I think I've solved the leadership problem. So mm-hmm. I'm taking one of the, one of the greatest leaders of all time led, you know, two, it's funny. We, as Leaf fans, we, we haven't a lot of success. <laughs> Shocking. But we always cheer for Canada. And the two teams that I know that you and I cheered for the most were that Edmonton playoff run with Brian Rolston. And I think Mike Pekka was on that team. Dwayne. Well. Dwayne Rolston. Dwayne Rolston. Sorry. What did I say? Brian. Sorry. Dwayne Rolston. And, and the, I knew so what that, you meant, man. That Edmonton team and then as well the Calgary team that lost to Tampa Bay. And mm-hmm. that was tough. Martin Jelena, Ginla, and Conroy and those guys. And when awesome Ginla and Le Cavalier squared off. In the Robin finals, Regeer. Ooh. I know you loved him. Love him. When Aginla and Le Cavalier squared off in the finals, it was like one, mm. one of the craziest moments I've ever seen. So let's get, to some, let's get to some quick, get some quick um, analytics for our boy Jerome Aginla, who is now a Hockey Hall of Famer, right? Love him. Mm-hmm. Obviously played hard. His wister, wrister from the wing was just like next to no one other than Sackick. Two-time Richard winner, Art Ross Trophy winner, and we are talking about one of the, you know, when it came to the biggest stages, he always came up big and he was an absolute playoff performer. You look at the talent on his teams. If you look back at it now, at the time it seemed better than it was. It, it, it wasn't as good. He, he really came to play when it mattered. And as, as, if I have him as my right winger on the second line or potentially, you know, interchanging with Brett Hall, I'm thrilled. And, uh, and I love Jerome McGinley, one of my favorite players of all time and taking Jerome. So, what I'm going to do, and I kind of want to leave left wing to the end because I want to, I want to see if we take the same guy or going after my, the same guy. Just so you oh, know, no, my, you're done. my left wing is done. You're done. So you're I, I only have, so you, I only have center, center and a defense. And defense. Yeah. So I'm done there. So I'm going to go ahead and maybe this is controversial. Maybe it isn't. I was talking to a bunch of people um, this week about this particular position and a bunch of them yelled at me and said, how could you not take Carey Price to be one of your four goalies? Um, and the simple answer is, uh, this: I share this podcast with you, and I get to do whatever the hell I want. So I am going to go ahead, and I'm going to take Curtis Joseph to be my backup to Martin Brodeur. And the reason I'm going to take Curtis Joseph is, number one, that dude, that dude played on some really shitty teams. No, and he didn't stop yes, it. And we are talking about a guy, we are talking about a guy who had the ability, good goalies win you periods, great goalies win you games, epic goalies have the chances to win you series. And Curtis Joseph gave you the option, gave you the ability to steal playoff series. We are talking about a guy who was better. He was better in the playoffs than he was in the regular season. He had a couple years with Toronto where he was just absurd. I believe it was uh, nine, maybe it was 99, 2000, 932 save percentage in the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, after Detroit really started off poorly, um, 
started off poorly with him. You know, he bounced back the second year, um, was a little better. Um, but his Leafs tenure, that four years, he was just unbelievable. And, you know, my options are, you know, uh, Belfour, Cujo, Price, Quick. Like, I can go with guys like that. I, I just feel like... If I, he's my backup. So what I need my backup to do is that if Marty doesn't have it, then I need my backup to come in and shine. And if my backup can come in and shine, okay, Curtis Joseph can do that. You know, what's, you know what's so ironic about this? We talk about our greatest Canadian moments. And I mentioned mine was 2002 Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, can Cujo come in and shine as a backup to Broder? And it was the exact opposite. So let's hope that I don't have many Swedish players on my team because he got lit up in, those, in that 2002 Olympics. And Brodeur came in and won them the gold. Now, before- By the way, Tur- one last thing. Turco was an option too. Oh, yeah. He, For a while, he was, boy. Yeah, it's Kippersoff. Yeah, Mika. Yeah, there's, for sure. There was guys. There's guys. Um, I'm a Cujo stan. So uh-huh. Cujo was my favorite goalie. Without question. That mask... If I, I, if, I, may, I may have taken him a mask alone. If I'm five years older, it's Felix the Cat, right? But it's Cujo. Like, Cujo was, Cujo was a guy. Yeah. He, he was incredible. And I still remember the, the, the carousel. There was, there was a moment in time, you know, Cujo was going to Detroit. It was Cujo, Belfour, and Brodeur that were all free agents. I'm not doing research, so if I'm wrong, trust me. There's a lot of hockey fans that will tell me that I'm wrong. But my recollection of it was all three were coming. And I remember, like, listening to the radio and just, like, all over everything trying to figure it out because there was a chance that Brodeur was going to come to Toronto. If I remember correctly, there was a chance that Brodeur was going to come to Toronto. And then, so Cujo goes to, to Detroit. They have that epic shot in the Toronto star of him holding a golf bag a year later after he's kicked out of the Stanley cup final. Uh, it was first or second round, not in the finals, but in Stanley cup playoffs, holding that golf bag instead of uh, instead of the uh, Stanley cup. And there was a chance that Brodeur was coming when this was all going on. And then we got Belfort. I would have gone Belfort. I think his resume is deeper, but from, I just, but I'm not going to knock you. I can't. I love Cujo. I love them. Uh, so now we're on to me. You're left with a left winger. You took- and I'm going to surprise you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to surprise you with that one. It took Cujo. My boy. All right. So I'm going to go center. I got a center and a defenseman. I'm going to save the defenseman for last. The second center was the hardest one for me because there were two guys I know there was no possibility that I was going to be able to take that I adore with all my heart. So I'm going to take a center that I'm probably going to play on my first line. Don't do it. I'm going to be mad if you take him. I'm going to be mad. If it's my coach, I'm going to play him on the first line. And no, I'm not taking who you think. Just looking at the overall lineup that I have here, I think that I would be better with a second line of Lemieux, Hall, and Robitaille, and a first line of Aginla, Ovechkin, and Connor McDavid. That first line is scary. That's not who I would have taken, but this We're, first line is scary. I know. Honorable mentions really quick before I get to the absolute animal that is Connor McDavid. It's Iserman and Sackick were the hardest omissions for me. They are for me too. Sakic, I know I've said that my favorite player. I, I, listen, you're talking to a, a Canadian kid who, who grew up watching hockey in the late 90s. Like, I, 
Sackick was a like Sackick and Eiserman were Sackick was like, a god. Different planets. Sackick was was so. What did I say? Gary Roberts was my favorite hockey player of all time. Mm-hmm. As a Leaf, Gary Roberts was my favorite hockey player as a Leaf. Joe Sackick as a oh, guy growing. Talk up, about a wrister. That is my guy. I love him. Yeah, love him. I love him. My favorite goal of all time isn't even a Leaf goal. It's Eiserman's goal. Slap shot against St. Louis. Louis. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite goal of all time. It's the greatest call of all time. The camera angle. It's incredible. I'm going to take Connor McDavid. I'm cool with that. I'm going to take Connor, and he's had four full seasons in the league. The first year, he got hurt. He, yeah, he had that arm injury. I can't remember. The guy in Philadelphia called him out after the game and said it was gutless. And then now we're shortened by COVID. So four full seasons in the league. It was Rinaldi, wasn't it? It was Rinaldi. He already has <laughs> he already has two Art Ross trophies and a heart. Okay, now we're not talking Wayno level here, but we're talking like multi a hundred point yeah. totals in today's hockey. Mm-hmm. In what everyone thinks is the free playing hockey. What they don't understand is goalies' pads and goalies' height. Mm-hmm. It's twice the size now. I agree. And coaches play systems that are geared towards not letting pucks into the net. And I have. Can you imagine like Vas- Dave Andertruck trying to score on, could try to score on Vasilevsky? Like, good luck with that. Can, can we give one second here? Dave Andertruck deserves an honorable mention in this. He yeah, he's aw- he was awesome. Yeah, awesome. Connor McDavid is going to be my second line center and potentially, potentially move up into first line center just for the overall feel of what we need to win. Um, looking at the overall rosters here. Quickly on McDavid, I've never seen a player skate with the puck faster than him in my entire life. Because it doesn't exist. I've never seen it. It's, he, is, he is next level. Um, so looking at the overall rosters here, before we get to our final picks, if we just go by the, the order that they were drafted in, which, again, we'll see on Instagram, we're going to change this. Your starting defensemen are Lidstrom and Bork. Your, your first line forwards, Yarmir Yager on right, Wayne Gretzky at center, Brendan Shanahan at left wing. Your second line consists hey, of... Hey, 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 hey. Brodeur's a net, hater. Brodeur's a net. Your second line consists of right winger, Pavel Bure. Let's go. Center, Sidney Crosby. No left winger yet. Your defensemen are Duncan Keith and Al McInnes. Your backup goaltender is Curtis Joseph. For me, we're looking at Alexander Ovechkin, Mario Lemieux, and Brett Hall. With defensemen Chris Pronger and Scott Niedermeyer. 07 Ducks, shout out. On the second line, we're looking at Connor McDavid, Jerome McGinley, and Luke Robitaille with defensemen Brian Leach and to be named with the backup goalie being Patrick fucking Waugh. So, who is your final can, pick? You can only play one goalie at once, just for the record. It doesn't, um, it's a part of the entire thing. You can only play it's one not, goalie at once, and I got the best the, one. Part so, of the entire, no, you don't. Here's, so, here we go. So, my left winger. And this is a shout out to a very, very, very crucial, crucial Ducks fan um, in both of our lives. I am going to go with Paul Correa as my left winger um, to go along with Sid and Bure. And for the record, if I have Correa and Bure streaking, provided they don't get injured while they do this, um, if I have Correa and Bure flanking Sidney Crosby, I don't care if your defenseman is a cyborg, it's a wrap. So I'm going to go with Korea. The thing I love about Korea, and I pivoted a lot on this, um, I think people forget just how good he was 
Um, second season in the league, 108 points, 50 goals, boom. Right. And, you know, then the injuries start to come in, but he goes 99 points, gets hurt the next season, 101, 86 points, 67 points. But the main thing with him was his goal scoring. And the thing with Korea is that you don't have Scott Stevens on your team. So I don't have to worry about him getting injured by I still have one more pick. Well, then go ahead because it means you're passing on better guys. Guess, guess what? I'm jumping in. My last pick is Scott Stevens. He was always Balls. going to be. He was always going to be. So you're short a winger. We're past time here, Ian. So this was great. This was great. I thought it was going to be quicker, but this is what happens when you have a podcast. This is why we have this platform. Before we go. By the way, big one last thing. Go big ahead. shout out to guys that didn't make it. Okay. We're talking about Mark Messier, Steve Eisenman, Joe Sackick, already been mentioned. Timu Solane should have been taken. Uh, Patrick Kane probably should have been taken. And then on, you know, on defense, you know, you're talking, you know, guys like Chris Chelios, guys like that. Um, and for all the Carey Price people out there, I mean, eh. So. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not losing sleep eh. over that. Okay. So we got two quick things before we go. Because again, we're well past the hour mark here. We didn't talk about COVID today. I'm glad we didn't. Wanted this to be a happy podcast. But I do want to give a quick update. In the world of sports, we had more NBA facilities shut down due to COVID. Which is reaching, what do we got, 10 at least that are shut down now? And more NHL athletes are testing positive. The NFL continues to talk like they are going to have fans in the stands. Blue Jays, 12 players remain behind because there was a player that tested positive and they came into contact with them. I want to read you the quote that stuck out to me. It's not the full quote, but it's from Sean Doolittle. Sports are a reward for a, of a functional society. I repeat, sports are a reward of a functional society. Let that resonate. We love sports. This is what we do. We just spend an hour and 20 minutes talking about sports. But there's a lot of big things going on out there. And I want you guys all to remember that this is really important. Stay inside, stay safe, and do what you have and to do. And wear a fucking mask. Ian, anything, any quick complaints? No. I want sports. I want the NFL in the fall. Please wear a fucking mask. I want this stuff to get better. It doesn't get better by doing silly shit with your weekends. Be smart, be safe. Please wear a damn mask so things can get back to the way they are supposed to. You think we want to do these redrafts all the time? No, we want to talk about stuff that's going on. Please. Support your restaurants with take Let's go. Support your restaurants with takeout and delivery. Stop going to fucking restaurants. Anything personally you want to complain about? Because I got one. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm a little sick of showing you up on this podcast all the time, but you'll get better. I am rattled. Your team's fucking unbelievable. Uh, I, got, <laughs> I, got, I got one really okay. quick. You know, I have two kids. My son has hit the why stage. Why? 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 I can say why. And he says why. He's almost three. There's a lot of parents listening. Please, how do I deal with this without smashing my head off the wall? Because it is so annoying. It is so annoying. Can I ask you one more question? Mm -hmm. When you go anywhere, does your wife ask you where are you going? 
Like, if you're just, like, walking to go to the bathroom, does your wife ask you, like, where are you going? No. Never? No. I love my wife. Love her. She's the GOAT. I'm only going to the bathroom or to charge my phone. Ever. That's all I'm ever going to. It's <laughs> the only place I'm ever going. So just so you know. So that has been another edition of the From the Stands podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Ian, sign us off. It's a pleasure as always coming, uh, coming and talking to you guys. Uh, we love you. Please comment. Uh, give, us, you know, give us your thoughts on content, things you'd like us to talk about. Um, let us know. Let us know. Make sure you hit us up. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Download the podcast. Uh, we want to keep this thing rolling for you. Um, so show, show your support. And we'll make sure we show you some love back. We appreciate you guys.